little shorter sermon today because we're going to do one verse. And we've, we've come to the end of a section of the Sermon on the Mount, the, the middle section. And I want to do this one little verse that's sort of a summary verse. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. It's Matthew seven, twelve. Some of you may have learned it like this. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. We call it the golden rule. It's, it's not been called that forever. It's only been called that in the last couple hundred years. Um, but but it, it has a certain punch to it, right? A, a certain um, uh, gravitas to uh, treat others the way you would want to be treated. Now, it's not original to Jesus, actually. Uh, we can find in Greek and in Jewish thinking very similar sentiments. Most of them actually in the negative most of them saying, don't do to others what you wouldn't want them to do to you. Now, Jesus is positive here, but uh, it doesn't necessarily add much to the meaning of treating other people the way you want to be treated, or not treating people the way you wouldn't want to be treated. Um, we see Paul quote this, um, another rabbi, Hillel, who uh, Paul studied with, uh, quotes this as well. Um, so it's, it's not original to Jesus, uh, but, but it is important to Jesus. And it, it goes right along with what he'll say later is the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the great the second is like it to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and that's right out of the Old Testament. Okay, so, so this is not a really original kind of thing for Jesus to say, um, but has a certain punch, particularly where it is in this sermon. Okay, uh, so there was a beginning part of the Sermon on the Mount here at the beginning of chapter 5 with the Beatitudes and then talking about salt and light. That sort of sets the stage as sort of the intro. And then after this verse, there's all kinds of stuff about a narrow gate, a tree and its fruit, I never knew you, uh, building your house upon the rock. Those, those are sort of the ending. And then this middle section is the main content of the Sermon on the Mount. And, and how does that section start? Do not think that I came, this is Matthew 5, 17. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Now, what does Jesus say here in seven twelve? Uh, so whatever you wish that others would do to you, do all sorts for them, for this is what? The law and the prophets. See, he's referring back to the law and the prophets. Okay, and what was his big point back in chapter 5 is that I, I didn't come to abolish the law to get rid of it. And, and by law and prophets, it means the, all of the scriptures, all of the tradition. He's saying, I came to fulfill it. And what I say fits within the law and the prophets, the, the older testament. Uh, Jesus is not contrary to it, but fits within it. And here... He comes back to this idea of law and prophets. Okay, this is, uh, biblical scholars call this an inclusio. Okay, by putting law and prophets here, uh, the author, uh, the, the author Matthew or Matthew's followers are trying to make sure we're making this connection in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, that this is somehow connected to that part. And, and really, the, this golden rule doesn't seem to fit exactly with everything else that's going on, but it's sort of a summary of how, to, how, to ju you know, how not to judge others, 
how to take the log out of your own eye and how not to be anxious and how to uh, lay up for your treasures in heaven, how to give to the needy and love your enemies. I mean, so, so what Jesus is sort of doing is uh, at this point in the sermon, he's summarizing that piece, uh, those pieces in that middle section before he goes in for his final uh, descent to the end of the sermon. Now, now I, I've said before in these sermons, I, I wonder if this is a collection of Jesus' teachings, if maybe the, the order is a little bit Matthew or whoever's writing, uh, is sort of pulling this uh, together. So it, this is an important hinge, an important moment in the sermon. He, he's sort of summarizing how what he's talking about with this kingdom, what he's talking about is is fitting with the Old Testament, and if people would just love their neighbor the way they would love themselves or should love themselves or would want to, to, love, to be loved, then it, it sort of summarizes and then fits. It, not, not like it totally summarizes. I mean, there's plenty of stuff that Jesus has said uh, about prayer, for instance, doesn't quite fit in this. And there's plenty of stuff in the Old Testament doesn't quite fit in this summary. But, but in a way, it, it's sort of like the bare minimum of, of the law, the bare minimum of what I'm saying is to love your neighbor as yourself. Now, um, let's just reflect on that a little bit. To love your neighbor is to be connected in some way with loving yourself. Now, does that mean I have to deny loving myself? Some have argued that. Does that mean I have to first love myself in order to be able to love somebody else? Uh, some have argued that as if I need to have high esteem if I'm going to really love other people. Um, I, I don't know that Jesus is is giving that kind of clarity, but I think probably both are kind of true, right? I mean, if I don't, I, I know people who really don't like themselves and really don't love themselves and don't know how to take care of themselves. And you know what I find? I find those people are really devoted to trying to help other people instead of helping themselves, but, but they don't do it well. Okay? If you don't have a, a love of yourself, an understanding of who God made you to be, then when you love other people, it's often something that happens because you're really trying to love yourself. Okay? You're, you're really trying to take care of yourself. You're really trying to feed yourself by loving other people. You end up using other people, manipulating other people. And a lot of times, if you don't know how to take care of yourself, if you, if you don't know how to love yourself, you don't know what you would want in this world or how you would want to be treated, then you, you don't know how to treat other people. A lot of times it's not your fault. A lot of times you just weren't treated well and you're in bad patterns. But, but often if you're in bad patterns, then you have a lot of trouble loving other people. Okay. Um, the other side of that is that, that I've got to be able to love somebody. Okay. I got to be able to know, and I've got to be able to know what they are going through to know how I would want to be treated. Right. I mean, there, there's a certain amount of kindness and respect that we should all get and we should all expect. But to really love someone, to really care for someone, to really do to someone what should be done, I really need to know the exact context of what they're going through. Okay, uh, This is the difference between sympathy and empathy. Okay, Sympathy is when I, try to, I start to feel kind of what somebody is going through or feel something for what they're going through. Empathy is when I understand what you're going through. Okay, and, and in truth, I'm not sure you can ever totally em uh, be empathetic to somebody else, like know exactly what they're going through. Because even if I've lost my grandmother, 
um, if, if you lose your grandmother, I didn't lose your grandmother. I didn't lose your relationship with your grandmother. So it, it's, uh, it's challenging to understand uh, totally what somebody else is going through. But, but I have to sort of do that work of, em, uh, of empathy to really know how I would want to be treated in that situation, right? But, but the, the thought process is still the same. Thought process is, what would I like to be treated like? What would I need in that moment? And to have that kind of empathy and to have that then kind of care um, really does create a world of great kindness. Now, now we call this the golden rule. It's, it's not, uh, it's kind of a rule, right? Or, or a ruler or a guideline. But, but really, um, I think uh, one of the authors that I've been reading, uh, Pennington, uh, in his book, Flourishing in the Sermon on the Mount, um, he, he says that it's not really a golden rule. It's more like a golden vision, right? Instead of, because I can't always know how that is going to work. And so it's not a rule that I can just follow all the time. But it's a vision for what kind of life would I be living if I knew what you were going through and I loved you and cared for you in the middle of it. Care for you the way that I would like to be cared for. This golden vision kind of does summarize then this kingdom kind of life. But, but the important thing to, to not miss here is how it fits with the rest of this. Okay, it, It's not that you can just have ethics. Okay, morals, virtues. See, we, we try to do that. We try to teach people virtues. Or we try to teach people rules to follow. But if you don't get the Jesus piece right, you don't get the kingdom piece right, then a lot of our morals and our virtues are going to be messed up because we don't have the heart right. Okay? I see people try to be kind in this world, but because their life isn't truly centered on Jesus, because they're not really trying to live this kingdom mentality, their love is oftentimes not really love at all. Or it's love for some, but not others. We love because Christ first loved us. Okay, We do unto others because Christ has done so much for us. That's the model. Okay, The, the, the model is what Christ has done for me. That's what I would want done for me, is what Christ did for me. And so there's a self-sacrificing, a giving a loving wherever people are that, that Jesus did for me and that I would love to have in all these situations, so I give it to my neighbor. I give it to the one that is near me, to others. And it says, all. So, whatever you wish, in all that you do. Okay, the, the Greek here is everything. Everything you do, care for others the way you would want to be cared for. Do to others what you would have them do to you. But, but it's always with the tint of what Jesus has done for you. Man, wouldn't the world be different if we actually followed this? Okay, if because of what Christ has done for us and, and because of what we need in this world, we started to actually look at each other and talk to each other with that kind of respect, with that kind of tone have concern for what other, one another are going through. Man, wouldn't our political discussions be totally different? Wouldn't our national health discussions be totally different? Wouldn't our church discussions often be totally different? 
if we could see what Christ has done for us, yes, love and accept ourselves and who we are in Christ, and then treat others with that kind of love and respect. That's a really golden vision. That's how we bring this kingdom to earth. We're never going to do it without praying. That's why this follows right after the ask, and it will be given, seek, and knock. It, right? We're talking about you got to pray to look at your neighbor this way. But may you do that. May you love yourself and who you are in Christ. And may you look at your neighbor, your co-worker, your friends, your family, and everybody, and treat them. Speak to them. Look at them the way you would want to be treated the way Christ treated you.